Uh, yeah, right, right. I, I had the off button. So it seems like we're actually getting levels. Um, yeah, feel free to adjust that chair however you like. Um, yeah. But yeah, so, uh, so we have uh, Walker Leonard here. We're just going to talk tunes for around an hour. Um, give or take. Give or take. You have a whole bunch of notes there. I don't go anywhere without a at least a pen, usually a paper. <laughs> without your scribe. Yeah, exactly. So, so just since this is your first time on, what generally is your favorite? Is your favorite vibe of music? What's your flavor? Uh, if if I am ever asked, I tend to say metalhead, and with a very wide, wide berth of what that could could have within it, but. Um, Anything under Sumerian Records is usually my favorite. They've got uh, we we got some Veil of Maya, some Between the Buried Me, some Animals as Leaders, um, all sorts of things that have kind of popped up within the last 15, 20 years. And sort of as I was younger and in high school, started touring and really making their way around. And yeah, yeah. And your your dad's a musician too, right? Yes. And the uh, most common instrument ever ever to be played which is the accordion of course right everyone's first guess there yeah he, he's in a bunch of bands and it's made his living doing that ever since before i was born so i was raised not listening to the music that i guess most people as children are you know polka <laughs> <laughs> and and the what and the like a lot of french music south american music um anything with accordion in it my dad will play it so nice Nice. I, I appreciate that, and the, the musician, musician in me, was kind of, was kind of put there from day one. I'd, that's that's kind of why I I remember you know that. So I was just like, that's mm-hmm. that's context. Like for me, music wasn't a natural thing. Sure, dad doesn't play, mom plays trumpet, kinda. <laughs> um, she will resent that statement. Maybe um, played is the current is the more correct way. She can still pick it up and play a little <laughs> there bit. You go. She play, yeah, she, yeah. I play a little. No, um, <laughs> she can play it a little bit still. It's just uh, there wasn't an active like pursuance of anyone in my family really. Sure, and I just kind of found that I liked playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's over there. It's by the by oh. the by the wall. Ah. I'll edit that out. Um <laughs> but anyhow, so yeah, I mean it's just different cuz you had a musician for right in the family mm-hmm. and me I didn't. So I think that's kind of a fun context. Yeah. Um usually Wheelan's here. He plays drums and he's done the last two um so it's just kind of fun the Wait, different. We, I, th- I thought he was baby cakes. Baby cakes. Baby we're cakes. all baby cakes. We're here. all baby cakes. Okay. We're all baby cakes okay. here. <laughs> yeah, no, no, we're saying baby cakes now. <laughs> I mean, I, I, do, you, do you think maybe maybe mini muffins could could be the, <laughs> the compliment or tiny tarts? Tiny tarts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine with tiny tarts. All right, Actually, tiny tarts. I never is. saw that coming. That'll be my uh, tiny tarts. My bent on the. That's your <laughs> on the lingo. That's your wing of the lingo. <laughs> sure. That's that's phenomenal. Yeah. Um so you gave me a little bit of homework. I asked you to come on this and basically it's just kind of a thing where it's like, "Hey, give me some stuff to listen to. I'll give you some stuff to listen to." Mm-hmm. And and you gave me Poppy. And I listened to Poppy before you came here. Uh-huh. Man, is that a roller coaster <laughs> of emotions? I wasn't. I wasn't sure if you'd be capable of smiling by the time I came over, but I was hoping you. The grin that I'm seeing you, right now is you, what I'd get. Well, the well, the <laughs> contrast, like you know, like generally, the the band name mm-hmm. Poppy mm-hmm. is kind of where my headspace is when it comes to music. But Poppy yeah. is anything from straight <laughs> anything, even within one song most of the time. So, so I listened to it, mm-hmm. and. Honestly, I don't know. I think basically that band sat down and they're like, genres be damned. We will not be classified um, is the vibe I got. Because mm-hmm. I heard at when it started up, I'm like, okay, this is pretty industrial. I felt like Trent Reznor vibes. All of a sudden it comes in and it's like modern, like, you know, just like almost genty metal. That's mm-hmm. probably like nerdy, like boring white guy way to say that. 
and then all of a sudden it's straight pop and mm-hmm. then it's k-pop and then it goes back into the metal and then you know you get a beatles vibe and all of a sudden it's it's all over the place but mm-hmm. it was actually pretty enjoyable just for the fact yeah. that you know i didn't really know what to think of it how'd you discover that one um so anybody who knows me knows i'm i'm a youtube hoarder you could yes. say i i there's no television. It's all YouTube. It's on in the background no matter what I'm doing. And um, Poppy came from YouTube. There's Just by accident? Like down a rabbit hole? or well, there, There's kind of. Yeah. I mean, it started as people discovered this bleach blonde girl just with like a blank background saying really weird things into the camera, acting kind of robotic. And sure. it started as like a viral share kind of what the heck is going on here sort of a deal. And then as time went on, it became more and more of a character that was actually being developed. uh, Not necessarily with any kind of (laughs) means in mind, but to then generate an interest in the name so they could start making music. Right. And And that they did. And I say they meaning like not a band. It was Poppy, who's the lead singer. Sure. And this guy who went by Titanic Sinclair. <laughs> yes, that was it's amazing. And yeah. Um, and he basically brought her on and co-acted or created this project with her. And just last December, so we're talking just three months ago. Sure. They parted ways. Okay. And this album came out in January. Um, They parted ways amidst much controversy and scandal, you could say. Um, Interesting. Titanic, either last year or the year before, was sued by a girl he'd worked with before. Sure. For stealing her image and putting it onto pop. Meaning that he just took the same ideas because they had been a couple previously. The, the previous girl, which, whose name is Mars Argo, that's her stage name. Sure. I think is a way better stage name than Poppy anyways. Well, but. You, sometimes you hit the first time. Yeah. <laughs> your ideas. Exactly. Um, but there was like controlling abusive relationship claims going on with, sure. with Mars and him. And she sued him for the rights to all her music. And she won. And at the same time, she won, I don't know exactly what the rights were, but it was like Poppy and Titanic could never perform anything that they had previously created going forward. Sure, that makes sense. So... Awkwardly enough, you know what that reminds me of? So that's hmm. like a modern day spin on Credence Clearwater Revival. Oh, I did not know that about Credence. So Credence, they came out and wrote a bunch of songs, John Fogarty being the writer. Mm Mm-hmm. And then when he, so obviously I don't know the exact history of it, but when he wrote those songs with CCR, Mm -hmm. the record label, I believe, owned it, the publishing and the rights to a lot of that music. So when he came out as a solo artist, Mm -hmm. he actually got sued by the label uh, for being too much like CCR when he's he, like, yes, it was my music. Thank yes, you very much. I wrote all the songs, those ones and these ones. So he uh, was getting sued for impersonating himself, C- himself <laughs> which Jeez. I've never heard anything similar to that until no. now. Yeah. Which, it, I mean, it makes sense. So do you think, God, it sounds ridiculous, but do you think Titanic was kind of the leading force in all the creativity there? Or? Well, here's the thing. Both of the girls claim that it was even. Sure. Even creative input. But until the lawsuit and this creative split happened, it was kind of... Poppy was made to be a character that her character was controlled by Sinclair's character. Mm-hmm. So in the actual narrative of what they were making, she was like a puppet. So... Everyone assumed that was the case. Right. Until now she's saying, no, 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 it was all my idea too. Well, it's kind of quite the coincidence that they had a very similar idea that had been done years ago with just a different girl but same guy. And, you know, they're both claiming, everyone's claiming that it was their idea. Right. More or less. Um, But after they split ways, apparently... The album was already planned to be released mid-January. 
Mm-hmm. This scandal came out three weeks before that. Not the lawsuit, but Poppy then coming out against Sinclair. Because she had been supporting him, saying this is a frivolous lawsuit, yada, 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 until Mars won. Then it kind of went silent for a while. And over the whole course of the lawsuit, if you listen to the album she put out two years ago, three years ago, four years ago, it is poppy. Mm-hmm. It is straight bubblegum pop music uh, and K-pop and all sorts of different pop music, but nothing like the vibes on this new album. Her which, last record devolved over the course of it, kind of, of going from pop where the first one's talking about getting her nails done and blah, 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 to yeah. where it's like we're aristocrats. And then towards the end, one of the songs is called Play Destroy, and it's completely, if you think, like gent new metal kind of fine. Sure, sure. Like it it's all of those stereotypes thrown into one song. And that that kind of like birthed a genesis of new poppy fans and what it really is logistically is her getting as far away from the image that the lawsuit was about, which is this pawn robotic, like stale celebrity culture parody basically and it's gone from that into screw you dude like i was in my early late teens early 20s i was a dumb young girl and you took advantage of me i actually want to take this platform that i've gotten though Mm -hmm. and like turn some heads with it now and and yeah i mean all I've listened to is maybe five tracks mm-hmm. off of the... Re- what was the record you recommended? I disagree. I disagree. And that's yeah. the one I threw on. And mm-hmm. I listened to about five tracks pretty intently just because I wanted to know which winding roads we were going down as I was listening mm-hmm. to. Because I think chaotic is the best way to describe the direction because mm-hmm. there is no direction. Um, <laughs> yeah. There is no direction. It's you just all of a sudden you're in some other space. Mm-hmm. And I think... Part of what kept me listening is I just wanted to continually see where it kept going. Yeah. And it was enjoyable. Um, so I disagree by Poppy. I would highly recommend. And that's actually really, I think that's cool just for this sheer, like, kind of similar vibe of that CCR lawsuit, which I assumed, well, I guess I should assume that happens more often than we know. I, I bet it does. And um, this isn't completely the same. It's a little unique to mm-hmm. that even, but... It's that's one of the original lawsuits I remember hearing about as a kid. And I'm like, whoa, wow, how could they do that? (laughs) And this is kind of insane. So it was a lawsuit with the previous girl. And is it it's a lawsuit now with Poppy as well? Yeah, uh, she sued Mars Argo sued Titanic and Poppy. And that was all finalized last summer, which is where the first couple tracks from this new album started coming from. Gotcha. So what what kind of there's people who split on both sides supporting Titanic and supporting Poppy. So but they basically Titanic worked on the album that now is seen as a screw you to him. Yeah. Where all the lyrics and the kind of messages are like break free, do what you want, come above the people that are putting you down in your life. And right now it's so obviously her calling out him as that person. But 90% of the album, he was involved with writing. Sure, sure. So it's either like she felt that way for a long time, working right with him, and was like just not not saying it to his face, or something else was going on behind the scenes, or still is going on behind the scenes. It's it's kind of a mystery, but she's selling out tour dates. She's got a three-month-long tour, the one in St. Paul was January 30th, and I was there, and it was sold out at the New Amsterdam. Oh, nice. I love Um, that place. The next, she's already got another full tour coming up this summer, which shocked me. Yeah. Did you hear at all who she's supporting? No. She's the opening act for Gojira and the Deftones. Oh, that's rad. So Gojira sold out First Ave last time they were here. Mm-hmm. Deftones is huge. Absolutely. Poppy sold out her last show. That's that's in late August. That's just going to be a massive show with three different fan bases. Where's that one at? Uh, it's going to be at the Armory, which I've actually not been to yet. Me either. So me I'm, either pretty stoked to just kind of see that place filled up i've heard it sounds great and it's got great sight lines i yeah that'll be a huge show Mm -hmm. that'll be a ton of fun yeah well that's a really cool 
well, not cool, but <laughs> interesting story. And if you want an unofficial dramatization of it, on Hulu, part of their Into the Dark series, which is a horror movie every month produced by Blumhouse. Yeah. Um, their February one was called My Valentine. Yeah. And from the moment the trailer dropped, people were like harassing the director saying, you just made the current drama with Poppy into a movie. Was that by design or just kind of by Well, the director comes out and says, there's a lot of women who get controlled by men, Mm -hmm. and this is one of their stories. But the parallels are so, so close. If anyone who watches the trailer and has any idea with what's going on, it's like, oh, yeah, this this is Poppy and Mars Argo. And I watched the whole thing, and it's, I thought it was a really, really good dramatization of it. <laughs> the end of the dark movies are usually pretty hit or miss, and this was the best one that I've seen. I, it may be just because I'm cued into the story, and it when you it's so obvious that it was taken as inspiration, but not sure. just inspiration, like pretty darn direct inspiration. Yeah, right. What was the series called again? Into the Dark. Into the Dark. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to make sure we got that out there again. Mm-hmm. Um Perfect. Well, yeah, that's awesome. I'm actually probably going to go and listen to that more now um, after this because that makes it even more interesting. Mm -hmm. And I gave you a little bit of homework. Um, Mm -hmm. So I gave you Pale Waves, which is the exact opposite of Poppy Mm -hmm. for periods of songs. it's basically, so I've been really into Pale Waves. I was in a bad mood today, so I was like, I need to listen to some happy bubblegummy music. So I send Walker this, and to me, Pale Waves is straight up just like a pop band that you could put in the background of a John Hughes movie. <laughs> like, totally pretty in pink, totally uh, breakfast clubby. And it's just something that feels right to me. And uh, I know it's a band that's kind of, uh, I think the dudes from the 1975 produce it and they're on their like little label, I think. Okay. And those guys put out a record where they purposefully, their second record, I believe, they purposefully were like, we want to make a record that sounds like it could be a John Hughes soundtrack. Okay. And I thought they did an amazing job. And I just freaking love that album. Um, I think everybody can find, you know, some joy in listening to just absolute bubblegum pop. And I love oh, the yeah. I love the resurgence of eighties music. See, right I, now you could have told me that it was literally born in the eighties, raised in the eighties, produced in the eighties, and I would have believed you from from, from the start, start to finish. Yeah. From the start, and I love that stuff. Like the last, how many? In the last few years, it seems like 80s music and 80s trends have been right at the forefront mm. of everything. Yeah. And I'm enjoying the hell out of it. Oh, yeah. Which I'm sure annoys the living hell out of a lot of people. <laughs> but I love it, and I can't quit it. Well, hey, as someone who was a 90s baby, an early 90s baby, I just missed the cut. So it, it's pretty great to be able to kind of see all this stuff that was just before my time and just before my childhood kind of be brought into the forefront and it's like wow i it's almost like nostalgia it it is nostalgia for a time i wasn't around for but sure it's i feel like over the course of my life when i was a young kid there was nostalgia for the 60s yes when i was in high school which was longer ago than i'd like to admit now there was nostalgia (laughs) for the 70s and over the last handful of years it's been the 80s and they were kind of seeing things work through you still get dashes like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood went straight back to the 60s, the 60s here 70s, this year. Yeah. And there's there's always going to be, with the baby boomers as huge players in our society, there's always going to be nostalgia out there for that. But I think it's a symptom of, of people who grew up there just finally getting old enough to produce and create and have kind of fuller control over what they want and what, what most people end up writing about is what they know. Exactly. And that's that's an interesting perspective on it cuz I I have to wonder how these trends keep coming back and mm-hmm. it'll be back again too. Mm-hmm. It's not like this is going to happen and it's be like, "Okay, well we did the 80s twice." Right. It'll come back again and it will go out <laughs> of style. Um and then you have people who just cling to whatever they listen to the you know, whatever first struck them. Yeah, the whole time. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, for me, this is fun. You sent me uh, an instrumental, what was it called again? Zombie. Yep. Z-O-M-B-I. And I listened to Zombie, honestly, for like an hour, I think, oh. at work today. Yeah. And Zombie is like instrumental, like... I would I want to say stranger things but I know it's coming from more than that it's you know it's Spielberg is what they synthwave yeah like synthwave like it was like you know old Spielberg movies and stuff like that mm-hmm. um yeah whenever I throw them on I just I feel like I'm watching a horror movie from the 80s yes yes exactly and it was so much fun to listen to um the one thing i thought thought that was really interesting about it because it was obviously derived directly from that kind of sound john carpenter very very heavily john carpenter i thought like the warriors a little bit too in spots i can't believe i'm saying this but i still haven't seen the warriors you got time (laughs) you got time i feel like i told you this last time we tried to do a podcast together that's probably true you you probably said something similar and i've still failed it's okay (laughs) i don't think you're missing much but the music is similar to that the one thing about zombie that kind of intrigued me was you're listening to the synths and it sounds like they're probably using like arpeggiated like structures where it's just going from note to note automatically a lot and uh the drums to me still sounded very live oh yeah they're they're a band oh i know i know it's but it's like great <laughs> that's what makes it able for me to actually sit down and listen to them for long periods of time is the organic instrument still in there right right and it's very cool but a lot of times you pick up stuff like that and the drums aren't organic like mm. that so it almost felt like clashing of seasons in a way where there you it's go. Like, and it was really cool for me. Like, there's not anything super complicated about the drums. Yeah. But they're in there, and they feel alive, and it feels like it was in a live room with a lot of space, and it wasn't, like, edited to death, which, for music like that, you can have people record all of the synth instruments, tighten it all up, Mm. and then they just use a machine. Oh, yeah. And this felt live, which was awesome. Well, if if the only instruments you got is a rhythm section and you're playing along with Synthwave, you better have a tight freaking rhythm section. And I think they passed that test pretty darn well. They did. Oh, there's... I don't remember song titles because it was just like this wave of consciousness while working today. Well, as someone who's listened to them for years, I don't remember song titles either because... They're all just like movie titles, basically. The <laughs> fictional movie titles. And if you put it on and you're listening to it, mm-hmm. you look and all of a sudden it's like, oh, I've been doing this for an hour. But there's one song where their bass players just going ape shit on these cool little runs under oh, yeah. all of this stuff. And I was I was just like, Wow. <laughs> this is cool. It makes me wonder if there's other projects that the the musicians have been involved in that would be Fun, and either fun or notable or anything like that, because they 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 all seem really solid. But what I I discovered them just when I first got a record player, I was just looking for records to buy. It was that that high of I want to get more music. I I just want to own it and I want to be able to hold it in my hands, which is until you go through that for the first time, you don't know why people talk about it, and then you go through it and you're like, oh yeah, this just it's different when you have it in front of you and it's tangible. How long ago was that? Uh, my first record player was uh, still in college, probably four or five years ago now. Okay. Um, and I had gone to the stores around here. I picked up everything locally that I was into. And I was something led me to the Relapse Records website. And I went to their merch section and realized, oh, they have a ton of vinyl on here. And every vinyl you can listen to the whole record and then decide if you want to buy it. Like, yeah, this is like, I didn't, Spotify was a thing five years ago, but not everybody had it. And you thought about it every time you thought of a song, kind of like how it is now. And it was just, Oh, this is very convenient. And I ended up going from the first record to the second record to the next, to the next, to the next. And I came across zombie and I didn't just listen to the first track. I let it roll to a second track. And then, you know, half an hour later, I had stopped browsing for records, and I was completely immersed in the record itself, which didn't happen to anything else. And you know what? I didn't end up buying that record. I bought the two that I had already purchased, and it's still ha- highly up there on my on my list. But that it has become my like go to 
reading music whenever I'm reading like a horror novel or something like that. I just throw it on and it just really sets the tone. It was easy to work with. Like I'm sitting here doing crazy pharmacy benefit crap mm-hmm. with my headphones on and it was I don't know. Wheeland's been getting me into like lo fi beats and stuff and that was kinda cool. Yeah. But then I started listening to that and I was like, Well, this totally works too. Like you can focus. What kind of lo fi has he been showing you? Um, he hasn't really showed me anything. I've just basically found some Spotify playlists and okay. let him go. You know? Yeah. So so that was fun. I found a really interesting video that my buddy posted on YouTube. He shared it on his Facebook, and mm-hmm. it was uh, Bernie Sanders' eight-hour filibuster, and someone did a lo-fi beat through the whole oh, thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> I don't. <laughs> this isn't about politics, and I'm not going to get into any of that, but <laughs> my God, was it cool. <laughs> oh, that sounds priceless. <laughs> it was. I'll show you after. But, yeah, zombie zombie's really cool. Um I remember, I think the first record that I tangibly had Mm -hmm. that was a vinyl, it wasn't anything I bought, but I remember taking my dad's copy of Frampton Comes Alive and keeping it for myself. And then also I took some Kiss records of his (laughs) um, because I was very young and I thought- Now by taking them, do you mean relocating them into your bedroom? Uh, Oh, yeah. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Because I'm assuming you still use his record player- I didn't have one. I just <laughs> I didn't I just took it. We had like the big console record player okay. and I used it maybe twice and then that broke and then we got one of like the little cheesy ones. So it was um, the records themselves that mattered. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so I took those. I had Houses of the Holy by Zeppelin that sure. I took from them. Um Then when I moved Whelan and I became roommates in Minneapolis and I started buying more records Mm. and we'd go to like the electric fetus and it turned into like, oh, I can find used Eddie Kendricks records and I love (laughs) Eddie Kendricks. And uh, I would buy these old Eddie Kendricks records because he was my favorite singer in The Temptations. Okay. And uh, he was the falsetto voice of The Temptations. Gotcha. And finding his solo records after he left The Temptations and hearing all these new songs with that voice on it was so much fun for me. Oh, totally. And now I have all these sweet songs that are completely separate that are so fun. And then, like, buying all the Marvin Gaye records. <laughs> like, I love Marvin. And uh, those. Now, did, you, did you go all used or did you, did you find the new presses and the remasters for, and all that? For Marvin, it was a lot of new, like buying new. For Eddie Kendricks, there's no such thing as new pressing. It's got to sure. be, you find an old one that some guy got rid of. And hopefully you didn't lay the needle down too hard on every time he used it. <laughs> right, right. And there's definitely a little bit of that on some of the records I've bought. But that um, that's the part of the gold of buying a used record, too. Is, yeah. is the love that's been poured into it over the years. Uh, one of the random records that I love that I have on vinyl that I just bought for four bucks, uh, I have this Randy Newman record with, like, uh, you can leave your hat on on it, and uh, he's got so many good songs. He's got the song about Cleveland that's at the beginning of uh, Major League, the original Major League movie. Major League One. Yes, Major <laughs> League One. Far different from Major League Two. Yes, which was the ultra major leagues. <laughs> right, right. Not to be confused with Major League Three. <laughs> major Leagues in Space. Back. Whoa. They actually did a Major League Three. Oh, yeah. Back to the Miners. Back to the Miners. Was not good. Yeah. Coincidentally, some people might not find the first two good, but I liked them. Well, there you go. Yeah, that's all that matters. <laughs> So yeah. if there's anybody who knows thing, things about liking stuff people generally aren't into, I, you're in good company. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's always fun. Um, so yeah, that's kind of vinyl records a little bit in a nutshell. Um, but uh, I want to talk about one of the other things you recommended to me, uh, Billy Cyclone. No, uh, Biffy. Oh, Biffy Clyro? Yeah, Biffy. I, I always want to call him Billy Cyclone every time I read it. I, I literally <laughs> thought it was Billy. I thought it was a guy named Billy for the first four songs I How listened to. How do you know to. it's not? No, well, you know what? It very well could be, but... What did you think of Biffy? Instantly fell in love. Did you? Oh, my goodness. I've never heard a band wrestle with time signatures so gracefully and have it not even seem like noticeable until you... Start tapping your foot, and it's like, oh, I'm tapping my foot in five, and now I'm tapping my foot in six. 
at one point, like my my initial reaction was, um, you sent me what a song off their new unreleased. It's album, a new right? one, and I honestly don't like that one. I that don't much. either. But what was it? It Instant was the, history. The other one that's released. It is. Oh, I wrote like a idiot here. Um, <laughs> He's got the notepad out. He's got the scribe up. End of. Yeah. That one is what hooked me instantly. I went. I, I listened to the listen to yeah instant history first. I'm like, okay. I I that I was can a little see bit. The vocal style like sounds like something you'd be into there, yeah. but like the whole vibe of the song, I was like, oh, I didn't expect this. And then I clicked to anything else that they'd put out, and I'm like, okay, this is killer. Yeah, the energy is there. The it it's upbeat, but it's also like can be kind of confrontational, which I'm all down with confrontation in my music. Dude's got a great voice and he's a great guitar player. Yeah. Um, they're just a three piece too. Okay. Which is kind of fun. It's, it looks like they're Scotland or overseas. I believe in so. Those parts. I believe so. And I'm not a great biffy mind, but I have a buddy who always uh is recommending them to me. And for the most part, I've enjoyed a lot of their stuff. Mm-hmm. So I sent that over and I figured I'd get your opinion on it. They're they're enjoyable and they're actually I guess they're absolutely huge really? um overseas. Okay. And then they come here and they play like the turf club. So these guys will play like the Isle of the White festival and it's sometimes like fifty thousand people in their headlining. Okay. And that's over in Europe somewhere. I'm a dumb American. I don't know. Oh, nice. And this is this is giving me parallels here. Right. And then they come here, mm-hmm. and my buddy uh, Tim, he's actually my next interview, um, He, they come here, and he saw them at Turf Club. And they're just a little three-piece, phenomenal mm-hmm. guitar player. They write great songs. Yeah. Um, guy's got a really unique voice, I think. Um, it's like... It can border on whiny, but not in an annoying way. Right, right. Which, like, that used to be a big thing for me is, like, if you got a male vocalist and he sounds whiny, I won't do it. But there's there's a lot of bands that have kind of slowly brought me to, like, okay, whiny is, like, not a yes or no. It's, like, you can kind of make your voice sound a certain way, mm-hmm. and there's times when it really fits. And the times where I felt like he was verging on that, it was like, oh, but this... This still groups. Yeah. Tasteful. Mm-hmm. Tasteful. Sometimes I, I feel like a lot of bands and a lot of the bands I really liked as a kid, like that whininess was <laughs> just a part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like so many people just drive immediately to do that because it's what they feel is supposed to happen with the songs they're singing. Mm. Um, especially in the genres like the pop punk and the, Stuff like that. I feel yeah. like people just go there and it feels right. Um, so it's nice to hear someone where it's like, okay, well, this is just more emotion and you're just singing and that's what's happening because it's the vibe of the song. Do you know what style of music they're considered? Or if they, if they, I mean, genre is so broad these days and George is just over here sneezing and hacking <laughs> all at once. Um, yeah, I, I think they're, I don't know, man. I think it's just kind of rock, alternative, kind of pop. I don't know. I'm horrible. I'm a hater of subgenres. Like, I think that's part of why I think Poppy is so fun. Because it's like, (laughs) oh, what kind of music is that? Good luck, asshole. Exactly. You know, like, I I hate subgenres. I think they're kind of reductive in people's musical taste a little bit. For sure. I have a... So... I have a theory, and part of why I hate the idea of subgenres is because, well, the best example I can use, and it's a good example and a bad one all at mm-hmm. once. So a band comes out in 2003, and they're saying, well, we're an emo band, but mm-hmm. they actually have a lot of great music. Mm-hmm. Well, forever, there will be a subset of individuals who will never pick up that record because it was at a time called emo music true and that's where that subgenre thing kills it for me because if you just came out and said you were a rock band or an alternative band at that point mm-hmm. is this why i've never listened to a my chemical romance song maybe <laughs> <laughs> until about three weeks ago when someone posted a video of their first show back 
and I was like, who's that fat man that <laughs> vaguely rem- resembles Gerard Way? Yeah. And then I was like, wait, have I ever heard a song from them before? Yeah, what did I, you think? I mean, it was a live video, and everyone was singing along, and they seemed like they'd done it a billion times. Yeah. I don't know if, like, maybe I just, <laughs> their live show, first time back, they were not very inspiring, but, yeah. I mean... I vaguely, it was Black Parade or whatever the sure. Welcome to the Black Parade is that the name of the song? Whatever their main big hit that was the finale. And it's like tapping along to the chorus. I can recall having heard one of the 12 year olds I went to middle school with playing this at one point. Yeah. But it, it's just like, uh, it didn't drive me to go out and listen to anything more. But I think there is that preconceived notion where it's like, it's MCR. It was all. The emo kids that listened to it, and I wasn't one of them, so I just never did. Right, I right. I wasn't against it. I just never got into it. Right, and I, you know, I'm never against people hearing something and saying, you know, that's not my bag, baby. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not my bag. Uh, God damn it! What was it? Not baby cakes. Mini muffins. It's not my tiny bag. Torts. <laughs> it's not my bag. Tiny tarts. Um, um, but I do hate it when people are like, well, I don't listen to country music because yeah. it's like you're missing out on something great somewhere. Mm-hmm. One second. He's looking in the closet. In the closet. Oh, that's my mistake. <laughs> oh, it's because the closet is open. Oh. A baby brother. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. But yeah, that preconceived notion, I think, sometimes turns people off. And that's, you know, there's there's people who are like, you know, there's people out there who are like, oh, prog rock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. These guys think they're so goddamn smart. Why oh, don't yeah. you just write a song people could sing along to? Right. You don't have to be pretentious just for the sake of it. Right. Right. <laughs> Where if you just said you were a rock band, maybe someone would sit down. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. That was cool, because right. you don't have to like every goddamn thing about a band to find something enjoyable. Uh-huh. It's something I try to tell myself. Um, As someone who loves metal music and realizes that most people don't, that that just, my goodness, if people could just look at a band and not think of it as a metal band, think of it as, this is music, like, mm-hmm. I'm either going to like it or I'm not, like, I think a lot more people would open up to... yeah. A lot of music, so it's not just with metal. That, that makes a lot of sense. It's everything. So yeah. I, I get some shit some, from some of my closest friends like, oh, he hates subgenres. Mm-hmm. So what is this? And it's just like, who cares? <laughs> Do you like it? It's music. It's good or it's, it's bad. It's good as you like it or you don't. Right, exactly. So I, I guess that's just my way of, I don't know, trying to work around... When I show someone a band, it's like, hey, check out this band. They're a cool band. It's never like, check out this sweet pop punk band, <laughs> you know? Right. So it's it's something I try to consciously do because I'd rather have people listen to more music instead of less music. Oh, absolutely. Um, But yeah, so that's kind of quite the rabbit hole there. Yeah. Um, I guess the reason I asked about what genre they would be... Um, yeah, yeah, Billy yeah. Cyclone, you know. Billy Cyclone. Which is just what they're always going to be for me. I always, my buddy who's a huge fan of theirs, he, I, so my buddy Tim, for years and years, he's like, man, you should listen to Biffy. You'd love him. <laughs> and I have no beef with him, but because it's You don't Tim, got Biffy beef? I got no beef. I got no beefy Biff. <laughs> you ain't getting uh, beefy tonight. I, <laughs> I got no beefy with the Biff. Um, I, uh. I just always give him shit, and I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not going to listen to that. And I'll often call him Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Okay. And, uh, you know, they're a great band. Uh, I'm glad you listened to more because the ongoing bit has been, I finally listened to Biffy, and I love this new song called Instant History, and it's just really not that good of a song. (laughs) He's like, God damn it. Not that one of all the choices. The song sucks. (laughs) Yeah, I, I, I got the feeling, and this is kind of, I've, I've been vent- venturing out into trying to listen to more music and all sorts of kind of styles and backgrounds and this and that, but there's still, there, the aspect of metal that that I love is just the blanket term heaviness. I love yes. heavy feeling, and what 
I've been realizing is like heaviness is not restricted to metal. There is interesting. It's an energy and like an attitude that you can have in music. And with Biffy, it was just like if this was tuned down five steps, this is a metal song. Yeah. But because it's in a different octave and sang in a way that you generally don't hear alongside metal music, it's still heavy, but it's just not metal. And I, uh, it, it was just kind of like a revelatory moment for me. <laughs> That's pretty sweet. I didn't expect anything like that. Yeah, no, um, I, I think I might be like an instant convert. So two things we're going to talk about here. We'll have a nice little edit there somewhere that'll make <laughs> sense. Two things we're going to talk about. So I recently went on a work trip to New Jersey and I got to sneak into New York City for an evening. Uh-huh. And I went and saw... So New York City for me is so musical. I freaking love it. It's the first time I ever left Minnesota. I went there, saw Dead and Company by mm-hmm. myself. I've been back now. That was my fourth time in five years. Hey, and uh, you're hooked. I I love it. If I could drop everything and live there and not worry about money, I'd do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyhow, we went in, and the, for the first time, I went to a Broadway musical. Okay, like so, on Broadway, not on Broadway. Broadway. Okay, see, I've only ever been off Broadway. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. So anyhow, I, me and uh, three of my coworkers, we snuck in. We bought tickets at this booth <laughs> in Times Square. They were half off. Mm-hmm. So we got tickets to Phantom of the Opera for half off. So first off, we get there. My coworker parks in New York City, and I was just like, well, shit, this is going to be way too expensive. We parked at this ramp. Turns out it cost thirty three bucks to park there for the day, Only which I thought was I thought was dirt cheap for a block from Times Square. Sure, but uh, I was thinking she was going to end up spending like a hundred bucks. But anyhow, then we walk into Times Square, get our ticket. It's half off, mm-hmm. seventy five bucks a piece. We were in the seventh row for Phantom of the Opera. What? And it's held that theater space since 1988. Oh, wow. It's the longest-running Broadway show. It came out in 88, and we watched it, and I was completely... I've never seen singers better than that live in my yeah, life. I can't imagine being that close. Being, you could see the facial expressions and everything. Right yes, there. and their use of space on that stage, because it was not a big theater mm-hmm. by any means. Like Their use of space was phenomenal, and obviously the music was great, and back to the 80s, obviously <laughs> when this thing came out in 88, yeah. the main song, definitely they were trying to hook a mainstream audience mm-hmm. with that. And they haven't changed it a lot. Okay. So it was still very 80s. But God, the singing in it was just so amazing. Um, And I had so much fun with that. So it's just another musically related experience. And um, the other musical I saw that was really cool is I saw Wicked when I was like 15 in Chicago. that, That was created... Within the last couple decades, right? In our lifetime, yeah. for sure. And so that that feels like, of all the musicals being talked about, that's always been up in the top two or three. It's it's so good, and it's basically just the Wizard of Oz from uh, the Wicked Witch's point okay. of view, where it's like uh, the main Wicked Witch is basically a good one. Sure but misunderstood by everybody. Okay. Um, so it's the other side of the story, and that was phenomenal, and I've been obsessed with musicals since. Um, now, did they have, like, real flying monkeys? No, they were people. <laughs> but were they actually flying? I can't remember. <laughs> I don't know. In Phantom of the Opera, I was... So this old theater, there was parts where there would be the dude, the phantom walking around up in, like, the rafters, and then all of a sudden you would, like, hear him singing up there, and it'd be like, oh, shit, yeah. he's up there now. Right. And then pieces of the theater actually, like, that you thought were built into, like, the... the chandelier. The chandelier, definitely. So the chandelier happened. The and chandelier... happened with... With with force and yes, okay, yes, there was some lighting and like fire that like basically made me feel like I was gonna go blind and it like heated me up wow. and it was insane. Um, I'd recommend a Broadway show to anyone who hasn't gone to one, even someone who's like, that's right. lame. You, it's phenomenal if you're and anyone who thinks that just watch the South Park episode Broadway Bro Down and might change your mind. <laughs> Anyways, I don't know if I've seen that one. Oh. 
you'll understand. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, and they did uh Book of Mormon, which I actually wanted to recommend that we all go see, but then I was like, I'm not going to recommend that to people I work with. You never know who can be offended in these I suppose. groups. That was that's not here currently. That was a year or two ago, right? I think Book of Mormon makes its way to Minnesota like every summer now. Okay. But it's about time I get around to seeing it. South Park is my favorite piece of media ever created, and I've seen every episode of the twenty three seasons at least five times, <laughs> if not in the double digits with a lot of the seasons. So I, I feel like I've done a disservice by not seeing everything else Matt and Trey have created. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you'd probably dig it so you have I, seen it i haven't seen it okay. but uh everybody i know who has seen it it's something like the most laugh out loud funny thing they've ever seen and Same. i think there's just an aspect of seeing anything live that makes it better and that's mm-hmm. not only a musical it's also comedy oh yeah i think live comedy is so much funnier than a movie or sitting at home watching like a netflix special so i can't imagine being at that in person yeah, I can't. I haven't gone to much live comedy at all. I've seen Rhett and Link live both of the times they've came here, which going back to YouTube. But mm-hmm. other than that, there hasn't been a lot of like comedy shows or sure. any of the plays or musicals I've seen have not been very comedy oriented. So that that would be just like an experience in and of itself. Yeah. What was the musical you did go see? Um, I saw Phantom and Chicago both in forever ago. Um, it, when I was in, I think, even grade school, so maybe not even 12. But here I saw Lion King in the first run pre-Broadway. Nice. Which was even younger. But that was, they. my mom told me when I brought it up not too long ago. She, well, yeah, when the remake of the movie happened, we went to see it because it was like, well, we've gone to see all of them together. And she mentioned that when it came here the first time, it was the first run it ever had it hadn't even hit Broadway yet. This was their trial. Mm-hmm. So we were like in the one of the first cities to ever have it, if not the first. Interesting. And I just remember being this tiny little kid and giraffes that looked like they were going all the way up to the ceiling, walking like four feet from me down the aisles. And it absolutely is the only version of The Lion King I like. Really? I did not like the remake. I didn't see the animated one as a kid until I was like older than I should have been. Right. And it just, out of all the Disney stuff, Disney's not my number one to begin with. Right. And out of all the kind of nostalgic Disney stuff, it never was that for me. But the one experience that will always be like top is the live show. Yeah. And I, if it ever comes back through here again, or if I have a chance, I would jump to go see that again. Yeah. Well, I've, I mean, is that something that was originally the Disney cartoon, wasn't it? That, yeah. Okay. Okay. Cause no, then it, it was, was originally Broadway. Hamlet. That's what everybody oh, says. Oh, right. Right. <laughs> Just like Pocahontas was originally Avatar. Yeah. No, wait. Wait. Was it that no, way? No, I think that's the way it goes. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> that's offensive to someone, I'm sure. Probably. So I apologize to that person. But anyhow, so that's Broadway musicals. The other thing that I was going to bring up um, so. This is overdue. A, a month or two ago, I uh, I have this buddy that I met. This is actually really funny. So I went to a John Mayer show in Portland, as I am apt to do from time to I time. I am shocked. Yes. So one of the many John Mayer shows I went to, I went in Portland by myself because, you know, can you be a rebel going to a John Mayer show? I don't think so. But anyhow. I'm not one to have input in that oh, question. Man. Right, right. So I don't think I can be a rebel, but I went by myself, so maybe loner. Um, <laughs> the guy sitting next... You went stag. I went stag. My prom date's been in the uh, bathroom <laughs> for about 15 years. Yeah. But um, anyhow, so I went to the mayor show by myself in Portland, and the guy sitting next to me happened to also be there by himself. Okay. And this dude... Was uh, I, I think he's like a construction engineer. I don't know exactly what he does, but it's manly shit that I'm not capable of. Sure. Um, and anyhow, him and I start chatting, and he's like, oh, you're here by yourself? Me too. He's like, well, that's weird. <laughs> Just two dudes at a mayor show by themselves. And uh, 
this dude turns out he lives in Minnesota in like southern Minnesota. You didn't have to say that. <laughs> Jesus, of course he does at this point. Right, right. So he he lives in like Minnesota close to where I grew up and he's, <laughs> you know, his wife and a couple kids or whatever and him and I are chatting like Twins baseball at the time which mm-hmm. is a just depressing ass conversation in 2017 i was gonna say not now (laughs) not anymore but uh him and i watched that show and we've stayed friends he actually drove me back to my airbnb which on the front end i was walking he was like well i'll just give you a ride home and then all of a sudden i was like wait a second he's gonna kill me well he didn't kill me spoiler (laughs) alert there you go and uh him and i have stayed friends and he he was like hey man i'm going to a thrice show you want to go so i was just like you know, I've never really listened to Thrice, but yeah. him and I have a lot of music taste in common. We're usually talking about like Clapton or something, okay. or like Mayer, or you know, there's this guy Patrick Droney that we really like, blues guitar players. Sure. Um, but he's like, "Hey, man, we're going to a Thrice show. Me and a couple buddies. Do you want to come?" And I was like, "Well, sure. Fuck yeah." So I just said yes because it's like I like these people. They're fun people. Mm-hmm. And I went and I saw Thrice, and it was fucking awesome. Okay. So I've been listening to like Thrice all day, and the first time I had ever heard them was basically at a live show. I heard maybe a song or two, right? And it was so cool. And now I'm listening to Thrice more. Okay. And there's, the, I guess, the overall like convo is uh, discovering bands live for the first time. Right. There's any bands that you've discovered where it's just like you went to a show, didn't really know what to think, and then all of a sudden you leave, and it's like one of your favorites. Uh. Well, for a time, two of these are like bands that I respect absolutely, and one of them is one of my all-time favorites for sure. But then the third here just happened to be the supporting act mm-hmm. for the first two like actual rock slash metal shows I ever went to. Sure. And those first two shows were Marilyn Manson and Slayer together at the XL back in I like was there. 2007, I think. I was there. You were there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you remember who the opening act was? No. Yeah. Uh, they also opened the next year for him. That I didn't see. Which I was, was not a band there. I have never listened to before or since, but a friend dragged me along <laughs> to. And I really only liked the opening act, which is a little New York, I think, post-hardcore band called Bleeding Through. Okay, I've heard the name. I've never listened. Yeah. Uh, objectively, well, I, I maybe have. Objectively, not great music, but brings me right back to that 14, 15-year-old me where it's like, mm-hmm. oh, he can play the double bass drum really good. And <laughs> Hot th- for they're, teacher. <laughs> they're just playing so fast, and he looks so ripped up there. This is some... It, it, was, it was the first... Very heavy music I'd ever seen. Sure. And because it just happened to hit the stage in front of me twice in like six months, I bought their CD and listened to it for a good handful of years. Their next release came out and I kind of got less interested in their next release. I kind of like didn't listen to it all. You grew apart. But they had a spot in the sun for me. And when you had asked about bands I discovered, I just thought like, what? That was Lucky for them that they just happened to be on the bill of two shows that I was at. Just by chance. Because otherwise, I've never heard anyone talk about them. I've never seen them since. They've been on, sure, plenty of tours for any of like an All That Remains or any kind of 93X adjacent, heavier version sort of bands. Um, But that that was kind of like the first one. But then um, Gojira, who I mentioned earlier, is... A French heavy metal band, Gojira is Japanese for Godzilla. Oh. So they're they're French with a Japanese name and they sing in English, which is <laughs> always a nice trifecta. That's but it. I didn't realize this until just before I came over. I s- saw them live at an In Flames and 36 Crazy Fist show back in 2008. 36 Crazy Fist, at, what a blast from the past. Right? Alaskan <laughs> hardcore. <laughs> I thought that band was kind of sweet when I, I was in college. Them. I love yeah. them. My, my bass teacher at the School of Rock actually grew up with the guys in there, too. Oh, really? Yeah, because he was from Juneau, Alaska. Yeah, he, they didn't grow up with a lot of people, just exactly. by chance. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, 36 Crazy Fist. I remember having a record of theirs in college and just mm-hmm. being like, yeah. One, can, one can, of the most obnoxious singers that I love. Yeah. Like, he doesn't sound like he 
I don't know. He doesn't sound like there's something all clicking in his head the way he says some of the words he does, but it just freaking it works so well. Wait, 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 were they the are they the band? No, it was Gojira. Gojira. God, yeah, I, I went for In Flames and Thirty Six Crazy Fist, and Gojira was between them. So okay. I had to watch him because I was there for the headliner and the opener, and they ended up being better than either of the acts I actually went for. Cool. The funny thing about Thirty Six Crazy Fist, no one in the audience knew who they were. This was very much an In Flames crowd, and. <laughs> Their drummer, for whatever reason, they played great. They had a decently long set, and they had a wall of death at the end that everyone actually participated in. But the whole show, about four or five times a song, he would let go of one of his sticks at about 90 miles per hour directly into the crowd <laughs> and decked in the face multiple people going to the show who like had to leave so the whole show had turned against them by the end of it that's a little funny side it's funny that's super funny the the number one band that i ever discovered um for for me live discovering Mm -hmm. for the first time is a band called abandoned kansas oh i've heard you talk about abandoned kansas plenty many many i mean yeah I, there you go. I, I got. It's looking at me. I got an album title tattooed to my arm for <laughs> fuck's sake. Um, but abandoned Kansas in our old band, we actually played at one of their shows, which was for me so cool. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyhow, I was at a show at the garage playing with my old band with my buddy Tane, who I interviewed for one of these episodes. Mm-hmm. And I was just, I don't, I was, I had my nose up at the idea of the garage at that point in my life. We've all been there. We've all been there, but mm-hmm. it's a cool thing. Yeah. I'm glad it happens. But I was at the garage. Didn't, it wasn't about to close down, and then did it not close down? They brought it back to life, okay, um, cool. and I think it's doing fairly well now. Uh, but, it um, seems like it'd have a market right now. Yeah, I was like 20, and I was just like, mm-hmm. you know, being a dumbass. <laughs> yep. Um, but anyhow, then Abandoned Kansas was one of the main bands, and I remember sitting there, like, listening to some of the songs, and it was right in my wheelhouse, and it was, like, making the hair on the back of my neck stand up, and I was like, oh, yeah. oh my God. <laughs> then I went, like, on Spotify, and I was listening to it, and then I bought the records, and I was like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. And they've stayed one of my fa- favorite bands this whole there time, but... I, I just love the idea of discovering a band live for the first time. It just hits so hard when you're like, oh, shit, this is going to change my rotation in the CD player oh, yeah. completely. Well, and there there's one more band, and then a reason I think that it was hard for me to come up with very many. The, the last band is called Dimension, tiny little band that's been around for almost 20 years from Denver, Colorado. They're opening for a, a Swedish power metal band called Pagan's Mind at Station 4 back in the day. It was 2009. Station 4 was in its prime, and all the good metal bands were playing there. And um, they opened for them this band called Dimension, and just even right on par with Pagan's Mind. My roommate Nick actually, Mm -hmm. I was trying to figure out what band they opened for, and I mentioned it to Nick. He goes, oh, dude, I was there. That was Pagan's Mind. I'm like, (laughs) oh, you're right. It totally was. But I hadn't, so I bought their CD there. I burned it for all my friends when burning CDs was still a thing. Right. And then today I went and I found that CD after you asked the question. I was like, okay, I, I couldn't remember even the name of the band, but there's one song and a hook from the song that was just the moment I thought of the show playing in my head all day. And it's mm-hmm. from a song called Universal Mind. And that's the name of the album is Universal. But I, I went to look them up. I was like, they probably only had that one album. Never, I've never heard anything from them again. Look them up. Three months ago, they released a new album. They've done two albums in the 10 years that I've been gone. One of them was three months ago. And I look on the Facebook and it says, expect a new single on Friday, March 6th, which yeah. is today. So just the first time I've thought of them in about five years or more. They're dropping a new song today that I'm probably going to go see if it's finally posted by the time. Right, I right. It'll probably be like midnight. Yeah. So that was one of those. Oh, wow. That's, that's fucking wild. <laughs> yep. What are the odds? Mm-hmm. Jesus. But, but then the, I think that when you prompt the question, I figured I'd have so many. You know, at least a half dozen or 10 different options. But what do we do when. We see that someone we know is playing now. We look at everyone who's on the bill, and then we listen to their music before the concert to see if we even want to go. 
Yeah. At least that's how I do it. That's how a lot of people I know, like, if you're paying $70 to go see three bands, you, you want to know if you're spending your $70 for three bands you want to see or one band you want to see. And that's kind of the, the perspective I think a lot of people my age and definitely people younger than us yeah. kind of have. I'm aloof, and I just generally see openers, mm -hmm. and this is bad because my whole like reason for this podcast is listen to more music. Well, this is where I'm getting hypocritical, folks. Okay. <laughs> I usually I go to a show, and it's just like, well, I want to see this person. Mm -hmm. There's openers. Fuck those guys. We'll yeah. get we'll cross that bridge when we get there. And yeah. then I see that I always go for the whole show. Oh, I see. don't I don't skip them, but I don't okay. do the uh, Spotify thing. I remember. Uh, on one of my mayor tour excursions, mm -hmm. I uh, there was this band opening forum called the Night Game. Okay, and uh, lead singer comes out. He just looks like a total dick bag. <laughs> uh, he looks like Patrick Swayze from uh, Dirty Dancing uh, period Roadhouse period on purpose. Sure, um, guitar player looks like Styles from uh, God, what is it called? The movie where Michael J. Fox is the werewolf who plays basketball. Teen Wolf? Teen Wolf. He looks like Styles from Teen Wolf. Mm -hmm. And they're playing this music that is throwback 80s where it was one of those, it was like the Tommy Boy moment where they're singing in the car and they're making fun of the songs together. And mm -hmm. then the carpenters come on and they're both like singing it crying. <laughs> I was just like, I was just like, man, these guys are lame, blah, blah, blah. Look at this guy, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, like two songs in, I was this is one of my favorite <laughs> bands ever. Oh, yeah. And they're called The Night Game. And I listen to okay. them so much. And they're just, they're cheese balling it up on purpose. Mm -hmm. And it's so much goddamn fun. That's another one I discovered live that I didn't even think about. Um, and even back, like when I was a kid, my second show I ever went to, the first one was Marilyn Manson, not the one that we were at together, but I saw him at the Orpheum. When he was even less bad. Because right. about, about the mid 2000s, you start getting every couple months, he gets a little worse. Yeah. It's, and a little more intoxicated and a little less able to perform his stuff. Like. It's getting, yeah. <sighs> yes, George, we agree. Um, but anyhow, the first show I went to was that. The second show I saw was a Sugar Cult show. Okay. At uh, Quest Club. And they had bands like the Plain White Tees opening, a um, bunch of other pop bands the one i remember most though is probably plain white tees mm -hmm. um and i remember that was before anyone knew who they were and not saying that's impressive but yeah i uh i met all those dudes they were cool i remember meeting the drummer and i was like hey man i was like 15 years old so it was probably like hey man <laughs> this is my second concert oh yeah that's fucking awesome what was your first one and i was like i saw marilyn manson <laughs> he's like oh my god which one was better and then i opened my don't answer that <laughs> which was i think to this day is still the funniest thing ever damar hamilton don't answer that <laughs> and I was just like, no, you guys are great. So I went to school and I was like, you guys got to hear this band. They're so sweet. They're so sweet. And people were just like, yeah, you're a nerd. Fuck you. <laughs> and uh, then like, hey, their Delilah drops and it's like the biggest song of the summer. What good, bad or otherwise. Wow. And it was just like, yeah, that's the band I've been listening to this whole time. I've been trying to tell you guys, come on. Right. And I don't know if it's something that people are like, oh, this this is it, huh? <laughs> Way to go, softy. <laughs> So that was another example, but it's just uh, music discovering it live is so fun. Well, maybe there's the next couple shows I'm going to, I don't know all the bands. Sure. Or I haven't listened to all the bands. So my very next show is Devin Townsend, The Contortionist, in about two weeks. And they're playing with a band that I feel like I should have listened to by now, but I haven't, and that's Hawken. Okay. And maybe from this conversation, what I'm going to do is not listen to them beforehand. Uh -huh. And I'm actually going to go for all the bands, and I'm going to see what the heck did I think of Hawking. I'm going to make Dude, my decision live. I'm going to make all my judgments right go, there, right then. Yes, exactly. If Worth they, my time or not. <laughs> if they have an off night, I'm telling everybody they suck all the time. <laughs> no. Oh, I, I've been there when I brought friends to my favorite band. They had an off night, and I just felt like a total douche. <laughs> 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 Gotta love that. Uh -huh. um, so yeah, I guess to close this one off, everybody's homework is next time someone asks you to go to a show and you don't know what the fuck the band is, just say yes. Just go. And have a good time. Heck yeah. If it sucks, you can always say, hey man, remember when you took me to that show that sucked? That was awesome. But maybe you'll find one of your favorite bands. 
There you go. So that is all we have. Thanks for listening. Um, I'm going to throw as much of this random stuff on the Part in the Sound uh, podcast uh, playlist that I have that I share from time to time. And, uh, you know, I'm Kyle. This is Walker. Thanks for listening. Talk to you later.